Uh, Lord, good morning. Thank you for this Monday morning. While it's dark, um, I'm excited about seeing the sun come up today, and that's something that we got to look forward to every day, Lord, is that uh, you've created this world and that we know the sun is going to come up today, and we are going to have all kinds of great opportunities today, Lord, and I just ask you to help prepare us for that. Help, uh, again, speak through Rick, our friend, words that are encouraging us and equipping us for us for today's engagement. Lord, we love you. We love Rick. We ask you to bless Rick and Faye and the boys and their business and just heap a, a big bucket of blessings on them right now, Lord. We just love you and we love Rick. In Jesus' name, amen. Rick Meyer, thank you again, 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 again for leading. My pleasure, Jerry. Um, so I'm, I'm going to uh, share some things that I'm sure, Jerry, you're going to end with saying that was convicting. <laughs> I can say um, that now. <laughs> In you can say it right now. Yes. Yes. And and it's 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 a I'm kind of going to base it around a uh, devotional that I read, um, and it's by Oswald Chambers, and it's been very it's been rolling around my head and heart, and it's been very convicting to me, and um and I just think about context and my life and other people that might be on this call, and I think about growing up. I grew up in a Catholic church and. Um, if I read something like this in my early 20s, um, I think it would be so far beyond my comprehension because I felt like, you know, God at that time was kind of a an add-on to my life, right? I had my life, and that's what I was working on, my relationships, you know, building my life, and then God was kind of this Sunday morning nice addition, you know, just kind of felt good made me feel like I was doing some good in the world. And um, what I'm going to share this morning is, is the complete opposite of that. Um, so I, I do hope it's encouraging. I do hope it's equipping. And I, I do hope it's convicting in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, so with that said, uh, and I also want to kind of um, intro with it. The point of this is not to make any of us feel bad and to look at ourselves like oh yeah that's not me mm -hmm. um but the point of this is to look upward and towards jesus and what he's done and be like well that's that's what i want yeah. um and so hopefully we can remove ourselves and our stuff and say that that's that's where i want to be and i don't have to feel bad about it i just need to move towards who jesus is and what he's calling me to mm -hmm. so um again this is a I'm going to read some scripture, then some stuff from Oswald Chambers devotional. Well, not his, but his wife put together some stuff of his um, entitled My Utmost for His Highest. And it's centered around uh, the rich young ruler and some other passages. So it begins with this. The rich young ruler had the master passion to be perfect. When he saw Jesus Christ, he wanted to be like him. Our Lord never puts personal holiness to the forefront when he calls the disciple. He puts absolute annihilation of my rights to myself. Oh boy. And, identif and identification with himself. Hmm. So again, he doesn't put personal holiness. Although, although personal holiness is obviously very important, right? That's kind of uh, what we do in this life. Um, but that's not what he puts to the forefront when he calls the disciple. He puts to the forefront absolute annihilation 
mm. of my right to myself and identification with himself, a relationship with himself in which there is no other relationship. In Luke 14, 26, it says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple, which is very obviously a very, uh, I don't think you can get more weighty than that, right? I, and, I, and I don't think that, I don't believe that Jesus is literally calling us to hate others. I think the, the intention of that is that he's trying to orient our priorities. Mm. He's essentially saying, in, in some ways, if you're not able to, to despise all these other things, then there's no hope for you to come into the fullness of relationship with me. Mm. Continuing on. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. The look of Jesus will mean a heart broken. Well, the look of Jesus will mean a heart broken forever from allegiance to any other person or thing. I think about all the allegiances that I have to places, people, and things. Mm -hmm. um, I'd, I'd say probably my, my greatest allegiance is to my family. And based on that birth. So I just read it's Jesus like obviously Jesus cre God created the family right that was his purpose but again his the the point is not to have the point of life is not to have a great family and to look good and be successful the point is a complete and utter abandonment to Jesus in a relationship with him mm -hmm. The look of Jesus will mean a heart broken from forever from allegiance to any other person or thing. Has Jesus ever looked at you? The look of Jesus transforms and transfix. The look of Jesus transforms and transfixes. Where you are soft with God is where the Lord has looked at you. If you are hard and vindictive, Hmm. insistent on your own way this is where the conviction really kind of starts to come in at least for me because I, I feel like I've, uh, I've I've been often insistent on my way, own way I've hmm. been certain that the other person is more likely to be in the wrong than than me um, and he says that is an indication that there are whole tracks of your nature that have never been transformed by his gaze hmm. So I think about, you know, then I ask myself, if Jesus looked at me, what would what would he ask me to do? He looked at the rich young ruler and uh, he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Um, so this rich young man, backstory, came to, came to Jesus and says, hey, good teacher, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, well, you know, you do these things, obey the commandments, you know, that kind of stuff. And the, and the rich and your was like, yeah, done that since I was a boy. No problem. And then Jesus, then it says Jesus looked at him and loved him, which I think is just this very beautiful picture of, of who Jesus is and, and um, how he cares for his people and is able to look through the facades that we put up into people's hearts and um, 
and what we truly care about. And he's able to speak directly into that. And that's when he asks this guy to sell everything he's got and give it to the poor because he sees that this man is holding tighter to his possessions than he is to his relationship with God. That's good. And so I think about, you know, this is the, the kind of the negative side of what it looks like um, for, for Jesus to call somebody out. So he calls the rich young ruler out and says, this is what you need to do because clearly your, your heart orientations are off. If I think about some other positive examples in the Bible, because um, there's a story, the parable of the man who finds a treasure in a field and he reburies the treasure and he runs back, gets all of his money and all the stuff and he runs and buys this land. So essentially what I feel like Jesus is saying is like, that's, that's what it's like when we discover, when we feel like we, we, Jesus has looked at us and he transforms and transfixes us. We're willing to just give it all away and, and nothing matters. Relationship stuff, nothing matters. All that matters is that man can have that treasure um, and that treasure being the kingdom of God. Um, I look at another positive example um, and that's with Zacchaeus. And this is actually kind of surrounds the whole money thing as well. Um, and that is Zacchaeus, Jesus is coming into town and uh, Zacchaeus is a, a rich tax collector. So hated by people, um, despised by the community. Um, but he's, he's on to this Jesus guy and he's very intrigued and he, and he wants to see and, and be with him. And so he climbs this tree just to, just to gaze upon him and, and Jesus sees him, right? Again, he looks at him. There's no context around what Zacchaeus says. Jesus just knows these things. Great intuition, that guy. And he sees him and he invites him down because he knows Zacchaeus's heart. And he says, Zacchaeus, I want to dine with you. And Zacchaeus is like, Hey, I'm just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving people money back because, because you and what you're talking about, that's, that's what I want. And I just, I, I want to set my heart in that way. Um, so there's a couple of examples of how I feel like Jesus shows the positive side of what it looks like to have complete abandonment towards him. Um, so to continue on, on through this one thing uh, that I lack, the only good thing from Jesus's point of view is union with himself and nothing in between. And um, goes on to say in Mark um, that that uh, that he obviously calls the rich young ruler to sell everything he has, and he says, "I must reduce myself until I am a mere conscious man. I must fundamentally renounce possessions of all kinds, not to save my soul, because only through the absolute reliance upon Jesus Christ is that the case, but in order to follow Him, because Jesus says, "Come and follow me." And for me, as I've wrestled through the story over the years, um, you know, because I'm building a family, I'm building a business. Uh, my boys are growing. I'm trying to nurture my relationship with my wife. And so I, as I, I'm doing all these things, which I feel like are good and right things, yeah. um, I've also found my heart being swayed by the comforts of this world. Mm -hmm. And so I've been um, 
challenge to walk through these things personally. And, and at one point in time, I was talking to my wife, I'm like, babe, I just feel like sometimes I just need to give everything away. Everything I've worked so hard to, to save until I was 18, I just feel like I should just give it all away and just be like, I got nothing, God, but, but me and you, let's do this. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and, I, and, and I, I fortunately came to the conclusion that I don't, I don't think that God is telling me to do that. I don't know if that would be the right way to care for my family. But what he wants from me is, is that, is that um, attitude. Mm. He wants, he wants, he, he doesn't care about my stuff. Um, and in fact, I don't think he cares a lot about, he cares a lot about how I feel like I live my life, but there's, he, he, I feel like he's at another level. And one of my favorite stories is about John the Baptist and, uh, and, you know, John gets put in prison after the whole announcing of Jesus is here kind of thing. And John's like, huh, I'm in prison and, uh, Jesus is out doing his thing and so he calls his followers and says hey can you go ask jesus if he's the one or are we going to be waiting for somebody else mm -hmm. and jesus and they go and ask jesus and he's like no i'm the one and they go back and tell john and john's like okay and here i am in prison then he gets beheaded and you look at that and you think dang you know jesus was alive with john the baptist and he could have saved him yeah. right he could have prevented his life from being taken but he doesn't and he doesn't even say sorry or like go talk to him or anything according to what we can glean from scripture. And I think what that says to me is like, I think Jesus loved John the Baptist. I think he cared for him as ministry, but I also think that Jesus knows the bigger picture and this life and what we've got going on is, is, is not it, right? Uh, whoever gets elected is not it. They're not going to, to be it for you. They're not going to make, you know, this or that or the other thing. It's, it's complete abandonment yeah. to who Jesus is. Um, and so my hope is that we can, um, again, not look at ourselves and feel guilty or shameful or, um, but that we could look at Jesus in the way that he loves us individually and that would transform and transfix our hearts mm. and create, um, the right priorities in, in what we do and how we view life and that we can look at what Jesus did. So, cause he had everything, right. He was in heaven with God from the beginning, um, He's got it all in perfect unity and harmony. And he entered into our pain, into our world. He laid down his rights as the son of God for our sake. And so if Jesus is willing to lay down everything that he ever has, which far outweighs anything we have for our sake. My God, I hope we can do the same. Yes. It's good, Rick. The, uh, you know, many of us uh, have read lots of different business books. And many times uh, I've been reminded by people like you that if you just read Proverbs, you would see where all the good business stuff comes from. And as you're talking and using some of the words like annihilation and obliteration, and I, I'm, I can't, I can't, um, I can't stop thinking about the idea of disrupt, like Jesus did such a great job of disrupting our thought process. Like he would say things that would just make people like when you whistle and the dog kind of turns its head and uh, not to insinuate we're dogs, but you know what I mean? Like get our attention and be like, hang on a second. What do you, what, why do you think that way? And I think, I think Jesus, mm. and I think the Holy spirit does too, um, does things, says things to disrupt our thought process and give us an op give me an opportunity to evaluate myself and my motives a lot of times. And so mm. I, I do find it convicting and I hope 
that um, that the leaders listening don't find it condemning because that's of the enemy, right? The convicting mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. So, um, yes, I, I feel convicted to to evaluate some of my thoughts, why I believe what I believe, which is which is really helpful for me, especially in this season with elections and the nonsense and and COVID. So, anyway, I appreciate you, Rick. Pray us into our Monday, my friend, please. Will do. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you have done so much for us through your son, Jesus. Yeah. Um, that uh, it's, a, it's a reckless love that you have left heaven um, to enter into this place, into our mess. And you continue to do so each and every day that you look at us and our circumstances and, um, and you know what's best for us and you can see the greater picture. So I pray that you empower us by your spirit to be lifted up into that realm, into that understanding, so that we can fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before you endured the cross. So help us to be transformed and transfixed by you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well done, Rick. Love you, buddy. Love you guys. Have a great Monday. See ya.